Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. Uh, before all of that, though, I want to talk about um, funding private schools because they received over €128 million Euro in funding from the state last year as the amount of money spent on building projects increased by about €2.6 million, um, in comparison to figures from the previous year. And I'm just interested in your own thoughts on this today. So if you're somebody who maybe went to a private school, maybe you're the parent of somebody that's currently paying the fees. If your own children attend the local public school, what are your thoughts on the government providing funding to fee-paying schools. 1800, uh, 14, 1800, I should say, 453106. That's the number if you want to join us in the programme. Sarah is with us on the line today. Sarah, what's your view on this? Andrea, good afternoon. How are you? Good. Good. Um, my view is, is fairly straightforward, to be honest with you. Um, I have two daughters. The eldest started primary school back in 2005. My criteria, I suppose, was very simple. I wanted them to go to a mixed school, a non-faith school and a local school. I live in Rathmines and there are simply no state schools that met those requirements. None. Um, Had there been, that's where they would have gone. I went to a state school. I went to university. My brother went to a private school. He didn't. I don't necessarily believe that the outcomes are contingent on the type of school that a child attends. I think there are far more factors that go into determining where one would like to send their child to school. Um, so public school would have been your preference I, for your own kids, but just wasn't uh, Yeah, wasn't I have zero interest in writing checks for a lot of money to educate my children. But the simple fact, and it remains today, as I say, my eldest was five in 2008. And here we are in 2023, trying to find a school that meets those three very basic requirements in my neighbourhood is practically impossible. They just don't exist. What about the surrounding areas, Sarah? Again, it gets back to the concept of proximity, community, locality, getting kids to and from school. No doubt someone will drive 10 kilometres to get their kids to a school. Somebody else will have a beef about that. Um, Also, there are religious considerations, I think, to be taken into account. I think the whole genesis of private schools came from the fact that the, the Catholic Church were so involved in in education in Ireland, that there were no schools available for other um, religious backgrounds. And they had no choice but to basically fund schools themselves. I can think particularly of the Jewish community, Church of Ireland and so on and mm-hmm. so forth. Um, the, the money simply wasn't there and it wasn't being made available. Um, the other factor I think that's terribly important too is there is a, a misconception I believe out there that it is the wealthy who can only afford to send their kids to private schools. That's simply not true. There are families out there who make decisions day in, day out on how best to spend their incomes. And I know many families who are pressed hugely in order to fund their children's education. But that's a choice that they mm, privately make. Because so absolutely, sh- so which sh- everyone is entitled to. So should the state continue to fund private schools? Well, it, 
Absolutely, because the state, in the absence of the state providing schools that meet the requirements that many parents have, what is the alternative? The state, the state rather, are, I'm not going to say they're getting away with murder, that's a complete exaggeration, but mm. by and large, they pay teachers' salaries. If you were to take all of the kids who attend private secondary schools and were to accommodate them in the public system, I imagine the cost to the state would be far, far, far greater. Mm. Certainly, there has been an increase in payments made to private schools. But remember, we were in a global pandemic. A lot of that extra funding had to be made available in order to promote remote learning, which private schools weren't geared up for. Um, Private school fees, um, boards of management, staff, extraordinary staff, head teachers, parents go to the ends of the earth to fund for additional buildings for new laboratories, all of those kinds of things which the state pay, we pay for as taxpayers, uh, free gratis and for nothing in the in the public sector. Um, whereas it is our, those of us who have kids in private schools who are funding the majority, the vast majority of the facilities and upgrades which which schools need okay. time evolved, technology evolved. So you so think on. you think that despite the money, um, the amount I suppose of funding, it's what did I mention, one hundred and twenty-eight million euro? Yeah, um, that it yeah. is it is warranted. What what about you, Ashling? Do you agree with the the level of state funding to fee-paying schools? Well, thanks for having me. I I would absolutely uh, agree with a lot of, of the points Sarah that um, has just made, but I I think. We are missing the point. We are plugging a hole that is still leaking. So by funding the private schools, we are we still don't have our regular schools funded. As she said, there was no local option for her. We we don't have primary or secondary school funded properly in this country. And children and families and people are missing out. They're paying twice. They're already paying huge taxes for a service they cannot avail of. And then we are diluting that service even more by funding private schools. So even if you look at Educate Together schools, they're charities. Only 50% of their opening costs are covered by state aid. They have to fundraise. So we haven't even covered the, the public primary schools. So how can we be be spending $128 million when when we don't fund the opening? We haven't even properly funded the core management body grants of those schools. They've been reduced since 2008, and they haven't increased even the number of schools and students have increased. So I think it affects everyone. It doesn't even only affect people whose children go to the schools or private schools, public schools. It affects the general public. It affects traffic by people having to scramble to find a school if there's none in their local area. So the government is not doing its job in providing basic education in buildings, in services, and even play equipment and and looking at children's education as well as their physical and mental health. There's not enough for children to do there's not en- enough movement in the day. There's not enough adequate gyms and-, and spaces for the bad weather and the rain. It happens in the winter as well as the summer. So not only are we letting them down in terms of the schools and the teachers and the buildings, it's the facilities, it's, it's everything. Okay. And it affects- so, so, so the idea then of, st- of um, the state, government, taxpayer funding going towards fee-paying schools, which are being, obviously there's, the fee's been paid by, by parents in, in many cases, doesn't cover obviously the whole cost, but goes a long way. Do you think the state funding should continue, Ashley? Absolutely not. I think no. in, okay. a, in an 
no, no. If we had more in the pot, if we had enough in the pot to fund the public schools, then I think we should probably move on to healthcare. But that's a different topic for a different day. I think if we had more than enough in the pot and we said, look, we have extra, we have money sitting here, let's lob it on there and we can lower the costs of the primary, uh, the, the private fee-paying schools. I have no problem with people wanting to send their children to fee-paying school and I completely understand that people don't have options. I, we got into our local Educate Together school, but many people didn't and, and I would be in a different situation. But I think the problem is that, that we will never fix the system if we keep diluting it and, and taking money okay. away and putting it in the can, can, can I ask Ashling out of curiosity when, when you say you, your children go to the local Educate Together, is that what you, you said? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And, and yes. if that had that not have been... Um, you know, within within proximity for for you and the kids, mm. would you have gone to the to the local community school, or would you have looked at fee paying schools? We didn't get into any of the other local community schools. I think our area is a, a kind of a no man's land. So we again, we had a lot of of, of um, separate gender schools, boys or girls, and we had a couple of mixed schools, but we didn't get in again because there's not enough funding. So there's not enough forward planning. So we, we actually didn't get any space. The first space we got was our local Educate Together school. So I had no school until we got that school. Um, my backup plan was to move back to Canada, where I'm from, where I had emailed the schools and they said, no problem, we've no wait list, just fill out this form and we'd be delighted to see you in September. Simple because the money follows the children there and yeah. there you have a choice of education okay. privately or, sorry, you have um, religious or, or non-religious. And you choose and the school board moves the teachers and, and, and plans it all. And if neighbourhoods are growing and changing and schools are getting smaller, bigger, they change the zone. And again, we've had no textbooks or money for textbooks. We never did growing up. So I think that's kind of a red herring, all the money for textbook. They're trying to distract from the real problem that it's not funded. You know, North America has been giving out textbooks for 40 years since the 80s. You show up, you get your books. Nobody's been paying for books. Um, and it saves the school money because they use the same books mm. over and over again okay. each year, you know. What, what about you, Jimmy? Do you think the state should continue to fund fee-paying schools? No, not at all. Why, why would we pay teachers in a private school? That's madness. If you want your kid to go to private school because you may think that child may or may not get a better education, then put your hand in your own pocket and pay for it. Why are the taxpayers who couldn't afford to go to a private school, have to fit the bill because someone else decides they want to do it. Your first caller painted a rosy picture. She was talking nonsense. Was Sarah still there? Absolutely nonsense there. I couldn't get... I couldn't get... I disagree because I'll tell you something. I think this is all smoke and mirrors. I think it's one of these look over there. Um, to, to call it a, a public versus private debate is absolute nonsense. It is a systemic school education problem. It's very easy to pitch a private versus well, a public school and make a headline. No, can that. I just finish the point? It's very no. easy to make a headline out of that. The bottom line is there are not an, uh, enough, there are not adequate school places available to educate our children. As I May said I at the in? very outset, no, can I just make this point? As I said at the very outset, if there was a local um, public school in my neighbourhood that I can set, could yes. have sent yeah, you'd my have children. Sent, you, you would May, have sent them May there. I come in? Okay, Jimmy, May just, just make, 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 make the, what was the right. point that you wanted it's to make? It's a political decision. That's what it is. It's the same with private medicine. It's a political decision. They want to fund 
teachers in private schools because there's votes in it for themselves. Why do we not have state books free? Why do we have publishers who give Well, we'll have it in primaries, in the primary schools now. No, 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 you don't. See, see, you're just saying that that's a generalisation. Well, Well, we will come September for primary schools. And what does it have to do? It has to be barcoded onto a laptop and the laptop has to be replaced. This has been going on since the inception of the state. You've got to wake up and say, what do you want from a country? And if your political leaders of the day cannot provide what the majority of people would like to have in their country, then get rid of them. Unfortunately, we have got two political parties in coalition and they're two cheeks of the same arse. Okay. They are not right. going to change. Yeah. So you, you're, you're, you're totally against the idea then of the, of the state funding uh, fee pay in schools. What about you, Anne? Um, I would like to say that I am broadly in agreement uh, with and I didn't catch the name of your second speaker. I am in disagreement with Jimmy, and I'm just going to make this point to him, and I would like him to consider this when he forms his opinion, you know, tomorrow or in the future. Um, I had no choice but to send my son to a private school. All of the schools in the catchment area where I live, did not have space. The one school that did have space was not appropriate for him. So you did have a choice. Him. You chose not to. You no, chose not to no. Jimmy, please, you've spoken over everybody. No, I haven't. I did not have a choice. Had I sent my school to the only place that the government, which is constitutionally obligated to provide a senior school place for every child in this country. If I had sent my son there, it would have been disastrous to his physical, mental and emotional well-being. So for the last six years, I have not gone on holiday. I have not bought a new car. I haven't even bought a dress that costs over 30 euros. There are very normal people who work full-time jobs, who pay their taxes, making the decision that they are going to sacrifice the luxuries, literally every luxury in life, in order to make sure that their children are educated in in an environment that the parent feels is best suited to them. And that constitutionally is underpinned. The parents are the primary educators. And to turn around and say the people who go to work and pay their taxes can't then, if they choose, pay additional money to make sure that their child is ensconced in a scenario where they feel best able to facilitate their child's forward movement in life, it, to me, it's ridiculous. And what I really despise is that in Ireland, in a first world European country, they have people arguing over whether or not we should facilitate the best level of education for every child. But, uh, Had there been an appropriate place available, my son would have gone 
to okay. a state school. There wasn't. Yeah, that was what you that you wanted to send your child to state to I, the, the local school, but it wasn't an option. I, Andrea, I probably shouldn't say this live on radio. I falsified my address to try and make sure that he went to a state school. And we still didn't get a place. And the decision to send him to a private school was not one that I made arbitrarily by myself. So it wasn't because of this, you know, like it it wasn't that maybe you went to the school and it's always sort of seen as being prestigious and it's it's elitist. it, 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 it It had nothing to do with the additional amenities that everybody seems to want to speak about, it had to do with the f- okay the school that the school place that was offered was so not in keeping with my child's abilities. I mean, I have to count my fingers and toes on a calculator. I seriously looked at homeschooling him as opposed to sending him to the place okay, that was offered. Okay, no, fair enough. Um, some, of the, some of the other points that have been made as well um, about this today, just Gloria's got in touch. She says, the issue as I see it in Ireland is that parents don't want to pay anything towards their children's education. The country's been destroyed by free, entitled mentality. Other countries value their education more simply because they have to pay for it or contribute to it. Uh, another listener, it happens in many other countries that parents have to pay. Well, I suppose... There is always the discussion around the voluntary contribution that's, well, not so voluntary, but I, I know that's that's not part of the discussion we're having today, but that is a point that's been made as well, actually, on the uh, on the WhatsApp number 087-1400-106. Jimmy, just on your, your point, just briefly on this, you just think in, in general this should be something that we phase out in the state, that we no longer fund. Phase what out? What are you asking to phase out? The funding of fee-paying schools, what we've been talking about. No, the, the, the funding of teachers. It's not the government's job to fund private enterprise. It's the government's job to provide as best they can for the majority of the citizens of the country. Now, you mentioned the, you know, the, with the, the voluntary contribution. So how many voluntary contributions are needed for 120 million euro to go to a private enterprise? Free education, free books, the free iPads, the pens, the free free GP care, children's allowance. What exactly do parents spend or taxpayers' money on? What next? Free toilet paper, says this texter. Another listener, all children are entitled to education. Having their teachers paid from taxes is an entitlement of children in fee-paying schools. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Weekdays at midday on News Talk. We're talking about um, the state providing over €128 million last year. This is in funding to private schools. And I'm just interested in your own thoughts on this today. The figures were provided to the Labour Party's education spokesman, Aidan O'Reardon. 1800-453-106 is the number. Elaine is with us on the line. Elaine, I believe you are a secondary school teacher. What are your thoughts on this? Yes, good afternoon, uh, Andrea, and thank you for having me on. So, Andrea, I taught for 12 years, still teaching. I lived in Dublin for 10 of those in South Dublin, and I could not contemplate buying even a one-bedroom apartment in a nice area, working around the clock. I did grinds every evening, worked for private grind schools on my half days. I could not contemplate 
even a simple one-bedroom apartment. I worked around the clock, uh, basically, Andrea, right, for 10 years, two jobs. I was so exhausted, I had to take a career break and go to the Middle East for a year, which I loved and I saw it as an opportunity. I came back, okay, and I took off a job. I won't mention the school, obviously, because you probably don't want me to. Mm. In a top, extremely well-known, probably the top, private boys' school in South County, Dublin. I had come back from a very wealthy country in the Gulf region. Nothing comparing to the wealth and privilege I encountered in that private boys' school. It was jaw-dropping. Jaw-dropping. The wealth, the connections, these private school students, most of them, by the way, because I have cousins who've who've gone to private schools in Dublin, uh, enjoy is jaw-dropping comparing to the average person in Ireland jaw-dropping. Before I went to the Gulf and took up, when I returned and took up the uh, job in the private school, by the way, as I mentioned, I worked around the clock, Andrea, around the clock every evening doing grinds. I had to to survive living in South Dublin. I still couldn't manage to buy. The wealth I encountered in these houses, most of these grind students, by the way, went to private schools again in Balls Bridge, um, across South County Dublin, the wealth, I'm from a rural county, by the way, you know, normal, uh, average background. The wealth these children have is jaw-dropping. Most clients I took on for grinds, and again, it was, as I said, I had to work two jobs for around the clock. Yeah. But the I'm just trying to... Going into these houses, Andrea, sorry, it was jaw-dropping. Okay, no, no, you've made the point, and I'm just like... So so because mm. of maybe their parents, their circumstances, mm. um, parents' earnings, mm. the house they live mm. in, just, mm. fee-paying school shouldn't be funded, is that? I vehemently disagree with the funding. I'm teacher myself, okay? I pay high taxes. Any extra work I take on, such as superintending exams, which I do every year, I do everything I can do, I'm charged a 50% tax mm. for that work. Okay, I vehemently disagree with the funding of private schools, vehemently. I have worked in normal state-run schools. Actually, I worked in a highly disadvantaged school in Dublin where I had my CID. So I've seen all aspects of education, Andrea. The complete opposite of a private school in a very disadvantaged area of West Dublin, where I will tell you those girls needed every penny of funding. But is the school itself, like in terms of the resources, and I'm not asking you Mm. to talk about any one particular school, but when when you went inside the door of, you know, a private school anywhere Mm. to teach, how, Mm, how how were the kids in there? better off during their their nine oh, to four school day? Andrea, the level of privilege. I went to mix. No, no, but aside from the privilege that they yes, might in, yes, might yes. have via their parents outside of the school life. Oh, Andrea. Like, yes, okay. What? Andrea, the school, I won't mention the actual school, obviously, because mm. I presume you don't want me to mention it. Um, but it's probably South Dublin's best known. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I'm not going to say any more, okay? Um, swimming pool. Um, state-of-the-art facilities. I mean, it is the normal average Irish school kid, and I'm currently teaching in a government-funded excellent school, um, average, hard-working, as I said, normal school kid in Ireland, they would 
have absolutely not a fraction of these resources. The school I taught in South County Dublin, not alone, did the vast, as in 99% of the student cohort, come from extremely um, privileged backgrounds such as government ministers, sons, etc. But they enjoyed state-of-the-art swimming pool, bought tennis courts. The list was endless. State-of-the-art building, Every club but the under teachers, the, sun. the teachers in private schools. Like, I mean, I'm thinking for mm. for you, Elaine. If you, you know, if you come back from the Middle East and you're going to take up a teaching job, you, like, certainly to the best of my knowledge, you're no better off because you're teaching in a private school. Absolutely not. If anything more disadvantaged, certainly, uh, Andrea. And you know, but that's another day's debate. Yeah. The okay. Turnover let from me, for teachers in private schools let, is extremely high, me, by the way, because let, they try to keep the prices down for teachers. Let, let me bring in an, another caller on this too. Owen, mm, what, what's course, your what's Andrea. what's your view, Owen? Do you, do you think the sh- the state should continue to fund fee-paying schools? Uh, hi, Andrea. Yeah, um, I do. Yeah, I do. I'm shocked at some of the generalizations that people are making, and especially coming from a teacher. Uh, my two parents are teachers. Uh, just they're retired, actually, but they were one of them was a teacher in a desk school, and the other was a teacher in not such a privileged area of Dublin. Um, she keeps mentioning South Dublin. So this was also South Dublin. Um, I myself, my story uh, was that I was in a school. Um, it was a community college, and I suffered extraordinarily badly from depression, anxiety, so much so that I was ended up in hospital. I had real problems. I, you know. Uh, continuing on in the community school um, we met principals, teachers and they were excellent like I, mean, I find the standard of teaching and everything in Ireland incredibly good so there's an, not, not a slight on teachers at all mm. um, but my parents sort of only found out, I only found out this in sort of more recent years, I'm now in my 40s but they had to remortgage the house and kick out their mortgage by a further 5 to 10 years to send me to a fee-paying school and and it wasn't just me that it was that. I met people in that fee-paying school that I went to who also had similar situations to me. They had come from schools where they would have either gone through extremely bad bullying experiences mm-hmm. or something had happened to them where they had tried to rectify the situation, but their only other choice, and I, guess, I don't know whether you'd call that a choice, when you have a child, you'll do absolutely anything, you know, to end their pain or suffering. So... You know, and this, the private school that I went to, there was no pool, there was no state-of-the-art facilities, no. there was no, there was no sports. We didn't have any sports teams. So, you know, saying that the the level of privilege, that's a broad generalization of like uh, I had a lot of friends who didn't come from especially um, advantaged areas. Um, the area that I'm from is is it would be considered, I guess, middle class. But all my friends, I was the only one that went to a fee-paying school. Uh, not because it was fee paying, we didn't think it would be any better. We just thought it would be much smaller classes. There was classes of about ten to twelve people, which isn't um, which isn't standard, by the way. Now, just that's no, not standard. No, no, absolutely not. And look, like I said, it was it was a decision that my parents. It absolutely broke their hearts. They had to work. You know, they worked. They paid their mortgage right up until much later than everybody else, and solely just on the decision that they said, we need to get our son through. And I, I mean, I just remember the day that. I got my leaving cert results and it was after years and years and years of in and out of hospitals and struggles and everything. My, my parents were just in tears. They were just so proud of me and I was mm. I didn't realise how much they had done for me until years and years, years and years, years later. later. Do you, you know? think... And, and so I, I, my, my parents as well, you, you know, as I said, they were both teachers, both primary school teachers. They paid their taxes. They were extremely highly taxed. I am now in a very well-paying job and I don't take it for granted and I pay huge taxes. But I think that 
you know, everybody's taxes are, are the same and everybody's, you know, everybody should get an, uh, get, get an opportunity for their tax, uh, their tax money to go uh, towards everybody's education, not just certain people's education, everybody's education, because okay. you can't generalise. Um, stay with us, own if you don't mind. I just want to get a couple of other voices in, in too. Um, Nikki, what's your view on this? You've been listening to, to Elaine and, and Owen there. Um, my view is that I come from the UK, so uh, it was a very different education system that I grew up in. Um, and I moved to Ireland and I actually prefer the Irish education system. I, I think UP, um, so in uh, England, where I was living for the last 10 years of my life, um, they have a, a tiered system. So they have their comprehensive high schools, which would be your, your public high schools. They then have grammar schools, which if you're paying enough money for tutors for your children to pass an exam at 11 years old, your children can go there. Um, and then they have private schools, um, which are you paying. Um, but in the UK, for example, which I think would actually be fair here, every student gets an allowance for the school year. So I'm just picking a number off my head. Can't remember the actual figure, but say it's like two thousand pounds. Every student gets that for the school year, um, and every school that has a student gets two thousand per student for for the, the full year. Um, I think that would be a fair way of funding schools. But for me personally, um, whilst I can afford to send my children to private school, I won't be doing so. They will be going to public school. Um, I think public schools. It should be just public schools, in my personal view. Mm. I think that's good for society as a whole. I think as soon as you start dividing people from public and private schools, it doesn't go well. Um, Having seen um, how England is right now, um, between, and I don't want to say the have and have nots, but that's basically what it is. They just send their kids to like better schools, and then you start segregating the kids at a younger age who don't mix with other people from different backgrounds. Um, For me, myself, I mix. Um, I went to a comprehensive high school. I mixed with lots of different people, um, from wealthy to not wealthy. My husband was the same. Um, we've done very well in life um, with a good education that we got from a public school, basically. Okay. And I think we should get more funding. What about you, Susan? Why did you get in touch about this? So I think I, I can understand both sides of the argument, but I think essentially there's only so much in the budget and if we're funding fee-paying schools which are making money and I mean I live down the road from a fee-paying secondary school in South Dublin and I've looked at the fees and they are eye-watering and yet they are still getting money from the government and I guess they have amazing facilities and it would be incredibly beneficial I think for kids to go there but realistically we can't pay for those schools and build the new ones, the national schools that people want, that are non-denominational, that are open to everyone, that have facilities and have good facilities in them, or even maintain some of our older school buildings. If we're paying that amount of money to schools which are perfectly able to fund themselves. I don't know that they are. I don't know that they could. Could, could the one up the road for me is the one up the road for me. If you were going as a, it's a boarding school, so they have day options and border options, mm. and the day option is fourteen thousand euro a year. Mm. And if they have more than six or seven hundred students in that school, and if they're getting fourteen thousand for every single one of those students, that's what ninety eight thousand more. 
a year, more, well more, they're getting so much money from that. How can they not afford to pay their teachers? Why are they saying, oh, we can't afford to do this? That school has three separate gyms, vast pitches for playing mm. sports there on. There definitely seems to be like huge, definitely seems, think, seems to be huge disparities um, for sure, I'd say, within some of the schools. Like, do you think, Owen, that it leads to an unfair social system? Um, I, yeah, I think there are extremes. I think, you know, there are always extremes. Um, there are, I'm not denying that there are extremely, extremely um, well, well off uh, kids and families who go to fee-paying schools and there are extremely poor and deprived children that go to non-fee-paying schools and as a general rule I would say that that probably is you know the case but what I'm saying I guess what I'm saying is you know if if a parent from a fee-paying school is I would imagine if somebody's paying as I think it was 14,000 or 16,000 uh, said for, for a day for a day uh, term if somebody is paying that um, their parents must be on incredible wages, which means they pay an incredibly high level of tax. Therefore, should they not, you know, also get the advantages of paying that massive amount of tax that they pay? Um, you know, I just think when it comes to education, uh, it should be divided across the board. It's definitely a debate um, that's, that really can polarise views for sure. Uh, there's no shortage of people looking to get in touch about this. We will try and come back to it again though. 1800 453 is the number if you want to get in touch though. Own Susan, Nikki and Elaine. Thanks a million for getting in contact. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Weekdays at midday on News Talk.